And now on Radio 4, it's that time when I say it's that time to once again join the show business legend, raconteur, after-dinner speaker and twice-winning loser of the St. Aidan's Summer Fair Rex Harrison Lookalike Contest Repechage 1968-1969, Count Arthur Strong. Still occasionally mistaken for Rex Harrison, Count Arthur patiently explains to people that they should perhaps go away and bother someone else. Join him now for this week's instalment of Count Arthur Strong's Radio Show. Right, as full stop, uh, question mark, and two, no, three, exclamation marks, and there we are. Another chapter knocked off. Oh, it's flowing like wine gums, is this book. Um, let's have a read of it back, see how it comes off the paper. <laughs> the Malteser Forkham, by... <laughs> by Count Arthur Strong. Chapter four, a girl named Doris. Apart from her cruel mouth, she was the kind of dame that had all the curves in all the right places. Blonde, tall, with to die for deep blue, get yourself up to bed now eyes. <laughs> the kind that sucked you right in. In spite of everything, I felt kind of sorry for her. I lit two cigarettes in my mouth at once, then I gave her one. Silently, she took it and had a puff. <laughs> Inhaling deeply. So tell me what you know about Moose Murphy, I uttered. <laughs> she looked up at the ceiling, silently rolling both her eyes of hers. <laughs> Listen, lady, this ain't no kindergarten, I snapped as I lost my patience with her. I took my cigarette case out of my inside secret pocket and angrily opened it, lighting and cigarette from the other cigarette I already had on the go and inhaling on it deeper than she'd done myself. <laughs> I could see I'd upset her, and for the second time on this page, I felt kind of sorry for her. <laughs> Without speaking, I crossed to the filing cabinet. I slid open the drawer and pulled out a bottle of a white horse. I poured two glasses out and drank them both. <laughs> it had been a long night. I inhaled very deeply on my one or two cigarettes I've lit, momentarily losing count. Then I sat down on the chair, but not the way you'd normally do. I sat on it backwards, like they do in the films. I poured another glass and pushed it toward her. She took it and drank from it hungrily. Do you know, I don't think I've ever been as happy before, for a long time, sitting on that chair backwards, blowing out our smoke at each other and drinking our wise horses. But I knew somewhere deep down inside 
Call it a hump, if you like. <laughs> I just knew that that door would open and someone would let the outside in. Suddenly, and with no way I could have known that, the door opened. <laughs> just like I'd prophesied. And from the outside, a head poked its head round the corner. <laughs> Better come quick, chief, the poked head said. We've had another unanimous telephone call. How do you know it was another one if it was unanimous? I quit. I turned to Doris. Stay just where you are, Doris, I uttered. Then I turned to the man whose head it was and said, I want to know if she as much as breathes any air in or out. And before I knew it, oh, for crying out loud, what idiot is ringing that now? I was, I was just getting to a good bit then. All right, give me a moment, for goodness sake. Dear, oh dear, I, I, I could have been right in the middle of the lavatory for all they know. Oh, right, they've gone too far now. Some people just don't know where to draw the line on. Right, you bloody idiot. Vicar, how lovely of you to call on. <laughs> I was just saying to myself, it would be nice if you were at the door, bell ringing my bell repeatedly when I opened it. It's like a miracle come true, isn't it? Can I get you a cup of anything? Uh, don't you think I should come in first? Oh, nothing gets past you, Father. Come in and then I'll ask you that again when you're on the inside, like I usually would do. Mind your head. Ow! On that light fitted. Oh, dear. You all right? Uh, yes, I think so. Little accidents like that are nobody's fault, are they? I suppose it's what you'd call an act of God, isn't it? Hmm? Like an earthquake or, or, or a church fate. Eh? <laughs> yes. Um, now, about the arrangements for this evening. Arrangements? Yes. Do you need any help with anything? Um, well, I was just going to watch Deal or No Deal or, or not. Um, then pop down the shoulder of mutton. Um, if you, you really wanted to help me out, my upstairs windows could do with a wash. No, I mean about the fundraiser this evening to raise money for the repairs to the Scouts Hut. You're organising entertainment, aren't you? Oh, that bloody thing. That, um, that's tonight, is it? Um, oh, yes, don't worry about that. All oh, that's been sorted out weeks ago. I'm right on top of me. It, it's right on top of me. On top of it. I, I am... On top of it, it's underneath me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. I've, I've, I've got quite a line-up for that lined-up. Oh, anyone I would know? Um, I'd rather keep it underneath some hats for the moment, because, um, you know, security might become an issue. Well, there should be a good turnout, so if you can think of anything... Oh, can... no, you're all right there, Vicar, thank you. I can't see me thinking of anything. <laughs> I'll let you get on, then. You must have many things to do. Oh, yes, I've got um, plenty to do, all right. Um, don't worry about me. Um, I'll show you the door, then. There it is, right at the far end of the hall. <laughs> you can see it from here quite clearly. <laughs> Just where it was when you came in. I'm surprised you forgot that. Mind your head. Ow! On that light fitting. <laughs> see you later on, then. Ta-ta! What am I going to do about this sodden thing tonight, then? Um, well, of course, I will be topping myself. That goes without thinking. <laughs> um, 
top in the bill. Um, oh, I know what I can do. I can have auditions. Open auditions. I, I, I can use Jack's back room at the shoulder of the mutton and, and, and I'll do a poster. Um, right, where's my PG tips? Uh, felt uh, PG tips. Oh, felt sodding tips. <laughs> Right, uh, so I'll put my posters up at Jelly's and um, have a bit of breakfast and then I'll get across to see Jack at the shoulder and get him to... Oh, where's that racket coming from? It's like having rin tin 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 tetanus in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to make a donation, I could do a request for you. I'll tell you what, I'll give you a shilling if you snap the bloody thing in half. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one thing I can't stand. People blowing whistles up and two, that fat one that used to do deputy dog all the sodding time, that little and larger. What was he called? Largest, that's it. Yeah. Oh, I used to like them. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't you go and find out where they live and go and serenade them? Eh? You get on like a house on fire on ice. Anyway, I can't stand around here chin-wiggling all day. Give my regards to little and um, the fat one. <laughs> So, because the vicar left it to the last minute before he reminded me I'd forgot I said I would do it, I find myself in this unenviable position, Jack, and I will need to use your back room at very short notice, I'm afraid, through no fault of my own. Well, it's a bit of a state in there, Arthur. I'm using it to store stock at the moment. Oh, that's all right. I just need a bit of space in there so I can have a squint at some wallabies. Uh, bumblebees. Oh, uh, wannabes, as they call them these days. Well, if you don't mind the mess. Oh, no, you know me, Jack. I'm not one of those that has to have everything just so and so and so. No, um, you can just move it all to one side for me. Oh, and I'll need a, a table and chair in there as well. And um, a couple of spotlights, uh, just like on the X Factory. Um, and I don't know what they have uh, on the table to drink on that, but it looks like something decent, so I'll need a nice drop of something to drink as well. Right, um, Sally. What? Would you mind keeping an eye on the bar for me? I've just got to nip in the back and move some boxes. Uh, you can get yourself a drink on me. Oh, all right, then. Blimey. You land on your feet, don't you? What? It's thanks to me you're having that drink, you know. Oh, thank you. You're going to get me one back, then? <laughs> Suppose so. Thank you very much. I'll have a pint of bitter. Very civilian of you. Are you busy? Well, I'm just coming up to finishing my defective novel. I didn't know you were a writer. That's because I write under a pseudofed. <laughs> because I don't want all that that happened to her, um, J.R. Hartley, that did Harry's Potter, <laughs> that, to happen to me, begging letters and the papers saying I've worn the same dress twice. No, thank you, Sally. What are you doing in Jack's back room, then? Oh, that. I'm, I'm holding auditions for a show I'm impresarioing and I'm topping the bill in this evening to see if there's any talent out there I can give an opportunity to. I always wanted to be a singer, like Petula Clark. Hey, I'll tell you what, why don't you come for an audition when I'm all set up in there? I'm sure I can squeeze you in. You never know. You might become the next Marilyn Manson. Boo-boo-bidoo. <laughs> no, I couldn't. Well, suit yourself. There's no skin on my nose. Here's your pint. Ah, uh, first today. Bottoms up. 
No offence. What's it for, anyway? Oh, I'm doing it in conjunctivitis with Father Thompson. <laughs> oh, hello, look who it is. Whistling James Gorestone. <laughs> You're not going to get your piccolo out again, are you? No, I've just come in for a quiet drink. Well, I hope no one starts playing the bagpipes and spoils it for you. Right, yeah. Can I have a pint of lager, please? You make much money blowing that thing, then? Don't worry, I'm not the taxman. I'm in the profession myself. I'm asking you in a professional cavity. Are you busk as well, then? Oh, very hilarious. You busk as well. I'm not a busker. I've straddled all mediums I have. And I'm also a producer and impressionist. Who do you do impressions of? I don't do impressions. Well, you just said you were an impressionist. No, I didn't. You want your bloody ears stringing. <laughs> I said I was an impresario. A lot of people would give the eye teeth to give both the right arms to be able to one of my productions. Right, there's a bit of space in there now, Arthur. Oh, you've done it, have you, Jack? My audition's room. Thanks very much. Um, you can just put me the other half in that, and then I'd better get back there before all the young hopefuls start arriving. Would you just tell them all to form a queue outside the door until they call, Jack? Thank you so much. Lovely to talk to you, Mr. Gallbladder. <laughs> Like me, it's left me plenty to drink in here. Oh, this blocks is full of it. Crisps as well. Oh, bless you, Jack. Um, well, I, I think I'll have a small scotch before they get here. Uh, might as well. I'm putting on my top hat. Blood of my new shoes. Standing on my tail. Oh, that's even better than the last time I said that's better. And it was good then. <laughs> right, that's all set up then. Just wait for that first lucky hopeful to knock on the door. Um, I might as well have a top up while I'm waiting. Oh, that's the stuff. See Mary had a canary up with any of us all. Come on, the little cow loves to see such a sight in the dish ran off with his spoon. Oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear. Right then, just have a top up of that. Oh, there's one. Come, come. Hello, Arthur. Oh, Sally, come in. Don't be shy. Come on. I've just got to... Uh, can you stand on the X for me, please? Where is it? Where do you think it is? I said stand on it, didn't I? That should be a clue. <laughs> Look on the floor. It's an X in brown insulating tape. There, right in front of you. Right in front of you, there. Where? There. You're literally standing on it. <laughs> That's not an X. It is an X. Looks more like a number seven. It does not. It's an X, is that? I did it myself. Well, there must be a bit of it missing, then. Oh, for crying out loud, what are you talking about? Well, I don't know what's happened to that. I, I definitely did an X. Why would I do a seven? People don't say seven marks the spot, do they? It's stuck on your shoe. Who's put that there? You must have stood on it and it came off on your shoe. Well, something's funny is going on there because I have not stood on that. I, I, I shall take that electrical tape back to the pound shop and ask them what they think they're playing at, stocking that. Anyway, just for now, stand on the seven. <laughs> All right, can you manage that? Yes. Good. 
No, what's your name? Who's mine? Yes, yours. You know it. I know I know it. Listen, for all intents and purposes today, think of me as though I was like um, Simon Callow off the X Factory. Who? Him that does the X-ray thing. Oh, just give me your name, will you? Sally. And tell me, Sally, do you think you can win the X-ray factory? No. No? No. You're supposed to say yes, you idiot. Otherwise, why have you turned up? I've come in for a box of pork scratchings for Jack. What was all that standing on the seven all about, then? Well, it was you that told me to stand on it. I didn't ask to. Oh, get your bloody pork swordings and push off. You're getting under my nerves now. No wonder Simon Cadell is rooted them all on it. This is typical of what goes on. You, you couldn't make it up. Who is it? Uh, I overheard you saying you were doing auditions at the bar. Oh, did you? Well, you want to be careful, eavesdripping. <laughs> well, are you auditioning or what? Oh, no, 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 no. It's me that asks you the questions. Don't you watch the telly? I'm homeless. I would have still thought you'd have the common sense to stand outside Curry's and say what's up. <laughs> I do. <laughs> You're not very resourceful, are you? Now, would you stand on the seven for me? Seven? Oh, don't start that up again. I've had enough of that with Dozy Sally. For one day only, X is a seven, all right? Yeah, fine. Good. Now, tell me, do you think you can win the X-ray machine? An X-ray machine? Is that the prize? What prize? There isn't a prize. Who told you there's a prize? Well, it's just that you said, do you think? Oh, that's right. Blame someone else. I have to tell you, you've not got off to the very best of starts, have you? Quite frankly, you are the worst we've had today by a long joke and chase. We haven't done anything yet. Right, time's up. I'm going to put it to the vote. I'm afraid it's three no's from three me's. So, come back next year and we'll have another look at you because you have got something. I just don't know what it is. You're not right in the head. Oh, that's it. Bad loser. Dear, dear. All want to be overnight perspirations. Eh? <laughs> Takes hundreds of years to get to the level I'm at. Next. 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 All right, I've had enough of this. I've, I've, I've bent over myself backwards to show someone what a wonderful opening can look like. And, and they just throw it back in my face. Well, I've had enough. Nobody else wants to do it. I'll do the bloody thing myself. Now then, where's my bottle of splosh gun? <laughs> There don't seem to be many other acts here. Where are they all? Don't you worry about that, Geoffrey. You just concentrate on your area of expertise, counting the chairs. I have decided, because of the general poor standard of the talent pool available, to turn it more into an audience with feel tonight. Who's the audience with, then? Me, of course. What do you think? Oh. Now, listen. When you've done the lights, stick this music on. I'm doing a pop song. And tell the vicar he's got to announce me as well. Here's what he's got to say, written on that beer mat. All right? I shall be doing my vocal warm-up tongue twisters here in the wings. Red leather, glory yellow. Red rather, rally yellow. Red ladder, Larry, hello. 
pleated piper plucked a pleasant porter. <laughs> Still got it. Word perfect. <laughs> So, thank you all for coming and supporting this evening. Now, ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome onto stage someone we all know and love like an old family friend that won't go away. <laughs> You'll probably recognise me from... Uh, hi sorry, him. You'll probably recognise him from many TV appearances in such programmes like Julia Bravo, All Creatures Little and Large... <laughs> and Tales of the Unacceptable. <laughs> He's much better than Bruce Forsyth Saga and has all his own hair, teeth and chin. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Count Arthur Strong. Yeah, what? I've not used a block off sorts of me like that. Oh, stop it! Why haven't they come and got me? <laughs> oh, bloody... Oh. Nice to see you, nice to see you, nice to be here On this stage I'm singing to you, gotta tell you Smiling faces all around me, everywhere I look Come on, join in, everybody, sing my song to me You know, someone once said, an audience with me is a many splendid thing Well, whoever it was that said that Knew what it was they were doing when they'd done that. It's been a long, hard road I've travelled, everybody. And what's made it all worthwhile is knowing that when I get to the end of the road, I can always turn back to see you. Nice to see you. Nice to be here. Oh, I forgot the words. Oh, you looking at me. Smiling faces all around me, everywhere I look. Come on, join in, everybody. Sing my song to me. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Come on, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. What a great show. Audience, I mean, what a great audience you look like to me. I really do. Now, as this is an ambulance with tonight... You'll no doubt have lots of questions to ask me about my glistening career and all that, won't you? So, come on, who's got the question to ask me? Oh, ah, yes, you, love. What time does it finish? No, no, about me. You should have questions to ask about me. I want to get home for silent witness. Listen, you, I've missed big deal or no deal today <laughs> because of this. Never mind silent bloody witless. Now, can I have a proper question, please? Yes, you there, the little boy scout. What is your question to me that you've just thought of all by yourself? What is 48 divided by 16? <laughs> what? It's for my homework. Not doing your homework for you. Who do you think I am? Carol Vaudeville? <laughs> <laughs> all right, move on. I won't do that now, so that's your loss, that is. You know, everybody, um, as well as being a well-known celebrity and personal... Celebrity, I said. As well as being a well-known celebrity and personality, what you may not know about me is that I'm also a novelist, writer, author and scribe of Who Did It books under my pseudocream and... <laughs> and different name, I call myself Rip Bedrock. <laughs> and as a world recluse. 
I will read out an expert from my latest detective book I'm writing. This one's called The Toblerone of Malteser, the, the Malteser Falcon, subtitled One Last Chance for Doris. Open brackets, close brackets. <laughs> Thank you. The Malteser's Falcon, Chapter 3, by Count Arthur... Oh, sod it. By Rip Bedroom. When I rounded the corner, I saw the four of them waiting for me. Smelly Joe, Dip the Stick, John the Watch, Jones of the Post, and Moose Murphy himself. We nodded our heads at each other. I took out my packet of cigarettes out, lit five in my mouth at once, and gave each of them one each between them. Then I lit another five for myself. <laughs> Moose looked up at me and said, You know, you ought to quit. <laughs> I said, Yes, but what you forgot, Moose, is when this book is set, they didn't know smoking was bad for you. <laughs> because I've just researched that up at the shoulder of mutton. So, come back in another 20 years. Just then, the door opened, and we all looked to see what it was. It was the door opening. <laughs> and through it came Doris. Ah, Doris. She walked over, swinging her hips of hers, like women do when they're walking, doing that. We all lit a cigarette for her and waited breathless. <laughs> She surveyed the scene for what seemed an infirmary before she elected to choose mine. Moose glowered at me. Can I get you a cocktail? I uttered to her. I have something long and cool, she retorted. Just like you, I retorted myself. Nice retorting, added Moose Murphy. Enviously. There's plenty more where that came from. I'll retort it again. <laughs> Moose didn't take the bait this time. He knew I was the better retorter than him. <laughs> and he could only ever come a poor second at retorting when I was in the room. This is rubbish. Who said that? Just a minute, where are you going? Sit down, I've, I've not finished. I'm not risking missing silent witness for this. It's dreadful. Yes, well, you wouldn't know a good book if you'd read one in the face, would you? Hey? <laughs> Go on then, push off. Spoiling it for everyone, I retorted. <laughs> Every time it gets to a good bit, somebody bloody interrupts me, I uttered. <laughs> oh, I've had enough of this, I snapped. Finally reaching the boiling point. I'm going to go home and finish my book in peace. Get out of my way, I shouted as the vicar walked towards me. <laughs> I think I might pop in the shoulder for one. On the way, I mused. <laughs> and with that, I lit ten cigars. <laughs> and without a backward glance, strode out of the function room and into the night. <laughs> Appearing with Count Arthur Strong were Mel Gadroich, Alistair Kerr and Dave Manfield. The script was written by Steve Delaney and edited by Graham Duff. 
Count Arthur Strong's radio show was recorded live at the Dance House Manchester, is produced by John Leonard and Mark Radcliffe, and is a joint Comedia Entertainment and Smooth Operations production. (laughs) 